because of just the nature of the show and the nature of how intense everything is emotionally, it really got me in the habit of getting my thoughts out of my head onto paper and helping me get to kind of the crux of what I am feeling or why I'm feeling that. Is that feeling valid or do I need to put myself in somebody else's shoes? This is Brittany. And I'm Kaylee. And you're listening to the Spicy Margaritas Podcast. Where the drinks are stiff, not the interviews. Each week, we discuss all things entertainment with some of your favorite personalities in the industry. To learn their stories and get an unfiltered look at life away from the camera. We've got a really fun guest. Some of you guys maybe know him from the TV show, The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. But he's also a very talented musician that's well known in the musician space in Austin and California. And he's got, you know, multiple singles out. He's got a new album coming out. So we've got Sheridan Reed that's going to join us on the podcast today. I had not watched the show. I started to during quarantine, was working on something, got distracted, never finished it. Um, But I have seen clips of it. I've seen performances from the show and um, some of the interaction between the contestants and kind of the rundown of how it works. But essentially, Bachelor Nation had musicians on so they could try to find love in a couple and record music together. So we talked to Sheridan a little bit about his experience on the show, how that played out for him, and then asked him quite a bit about himself in general and his interests and kind of where he's headed from here. So it was a really great interview. I love his energy. He was just a lot of fun. But before we dive into the interview, what did you think about the show, honestly? Because it's the first time they've tried something. I feel like Bachelor Nation is really trying to venture out. So now they have this and they're casting for a senior like golden years dating show. I don't know when that's going to drop. (laughs) No, we're almost Mm -mm. there, Kaylee. I mean, (laughs) I'm not about that. I'm not about that life. No, I'm I actually and after talking to Sheridan plan to go back to watch it. Everything that they talk about with the lyrics and the motivation behind it and working together and writing songs like that's why I love music is the lyrics and being able to relate to that and how they write songs based on these experiences that they have. And so I didn't, I haven't seen enough of the show to really give you a yes or a no. Um, I definitely have to go back and watch it, but I think the premise is there a little bit. It may just have to be, it felt very the real world road rules, like guys versus girls sort of thing. Like, oh, the guys have the say this week, the girls have the say, like, and I'm not sure how else you would do it, but I kind of feel like that's been played out a little bit. I'd like to see something a little different in that respect. But that, that was only, sense? and because I'll, I'll give you a pass because you haven't seen the, the whole series yet, but that was actually only the first few episodes and then they switch it because it then becomes a competition between the couples. So what I found interesting was once you picked your couple, Chris Harrison comes out and says, okay, make sure you chose who you want to be with because after tonight, that's it. That's your couple. And then they started each week competing. And what I loved about it is these are two separate musicians that really don't know anything about each other yet, right? So not only are they trying to figure out if they have a romantic connection, because you can't force it if it's not there, but they also have to figure out if they have a musical connection. And then on top of it, no pressure, you have to sell that to a panel of celebrity judges. So I actually got a big kick out of it because they had to come across genuine, they had to show chemistry, and they had to be talented all at the same time. And then at the end of it all, the stakes, I believe, were the winning couple was going to get a record deal and a tour contract. That's a pretty big deal. Together? Yeah. So it's a pretty big deal considering most of these musicians are people that are really trying to, that are probably talented within their regions, but are really trying to hit it and make it big, you know, break out 
So that's a huge opportunity. So, I mean, no pressure, but find love at the same time while you're trying to Well, for sure. And you can't fake that because it's like, you're not just going to be with this person and then get through the show. You're going to be with this person and get a record deal. So it's like, that's, and that adds a whole other element to it. The couple that won, like they, they were genuine from the beginning and they fell for each other and you could, you could, you could sense it. There were other couples that like had a vibe, but you knew they weren't going to date after the show, but they were going to stick it out because it's an experience and a lot's on the line. And then there were a couple couples that were kind of in triangles and whatnot, were trying to make it work for the sake of the show. And the thing is, you can tell, you can tell when that happens. And actually what I loved, why I asked Sheridan to be on the show, Sheridan was hands down one of my favorite because you could just tell he was an extremely genuine guy. And from the beginning, he showed up, he saw Julia, talked to Julia, and he's like, that's it. I want Julia. Like, I only want to get to know Julia. And in the sense of a reality dating show, that's dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket. But he also was like, I vibe with her and I'm not vibing with anyone else. So why would I force it? So he pursued her and Julia straight up said on the show, he's not her typical type, but she kind of gave him a shot. But then, you know, for those of you that haven't seen it, sorry, I'm giving you all the spoilers now. But, you know, it kind of became like this messy little love triangle thing and Julie had her eyes set on another guy while she had Sheridan who was giving her everything, but I don't think she truly wanted it. And so it became a messy thing. And, and Sheridan, you know, ended up exiting the show at some point because he says, if I'm not what she wants, I don't want to be anyone's second choice. Yeah, the clips I saw of him specifically were he was so genuine and down to earth and always everybody had always applauded him for how he handled himself on the show and only had great things to say about him. And interesting enough. Sheridan is really into cooking and not just like basic cooking, like legit cooking. So stay tuned if you uh, want your mouths to to water and be hungry because it's going to get really juicy. Coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back to me. Elephant Tequila came into the market in 2010, competing with more than 150 different tequila brands coming out every month. Owners Chris and Oni had a vision of using century-old methods to perfect and refine a taste so pure, so smooth, that you can sip it on the rocks. Headquartered in El Paso, Texas, Elephant is already a recognized brand throughout the city and restaurant industry. An ultra-premium, handcrafted product, Elefon is 100% Blue Weber Agave and is distilled in El Salito, Jalisco, Mexico. Their Blanco, Toasted Reposado, Aged Añejo, and Ultra-Aged Extra Añejo are perfect for any occasion. There is no better tequila for our spicy margaritas, and we look forward to drinking it each time we record. If you love tequila or margaritas, you've got to get a bottle of Elefon tequila in your home. Check them out on Instagram at elefantequila, E-L-A-F-A-N tequila, or online at elefantequila.com. Music's been a pretty big part of your life, most of your life. Was your family musical as well, or kind of like, did you just inherit this gene? No. So my, my mom played violin when she was younger, and then when I was young growing up in San Francisco, she was always singing to us, having us, you know, watch musical theater or even in elementary school at my public school, we would go to field trips to like the symphony and stuff like that. So I still got to witness and get exposed to a lot of music. Um, my dad played some guitar 
And then my brother actually was a big musician as well. And he was a big inspiration to me. Uh, he graduated high school when he was 17 and actually moved down to LA to do the whole musician band thing for a couple of years. Oh. And uh, seeing him kind of take off on his own like that um, and just really go pursue something made me think, okay, like I don't have to just live this very linear lifestyle necessarily. I can go try out things and if they don't work, I'll figure it out. So he, he was a big inspiration. And my, I have a younger sister as well and now She's been playing piano for a couple of years and singing and playing some guitar. So we're all we're all a little bit musical. Your musical style, I feel like, has a lot of different influences. It's kind of hard to classify, which is exactly the kind of music that I like. And every time somebody asks me what it is, I'm like, I don't know, like kind of swanky, jazzy with a good beat. So in your words, how would you describe it? And kind of like, what are some of the influences that came to be what is now your style? So I've definitely gone through a lot of different phases with my music and kind of genres, playing around with different things. That first band in high school was much, very much like alternative rock. And then at one point in college, I was playing with a pop punk band. And then when I started writing my solo stuff, it actually was very, very folky, kind of like Bon Iver style mixed with a little bit of like West Coast Jack Johnson almost. Um, and then when I moved out here and I started playing with more like 90s R&B, funk, all that kind of stuff, I very much started moving in a neo-soul direction. But I also went through a big Motown phase. And so when I came out here and started working with my current production team, started writing, um, it was really trying to figure out what style suited my voice and what style I wanted to be kind of associated with almost. Um, and that was one thing I kept in mind was I didn't really want to get pinned down to one genre specifically. If genres are a country, I exist in the continent that has soul, pop, R&B, jazz, um, yeah, kind of those, those realms. Um, but it definitely was a long road kind of figuring out where to go from here. And all the new stuff that I'm working on, too, is definitely a progression of the sound of the style. Then this is it? This is who you are? Or are you one of those that's constantly evolving it's always going to be evolving every the goal with every single song that i write and every song that i release is for it to be better than the last song not necessarily that it has to be the same exact style not necessarily that it has to have a certain thing but that was one thing that i re did really like about that like kind of r&b um, funk aspect was it being music that you could really move to and that's so that's one thing that i have tried to maintain at least some consistency with um, there's a little bit of a groove in all my music I will say, except for coming back, the song that I wrote on keys um, on Listen to Your Heart, that's the first song I've ever written on piano, and that's probably the first real, real ballad that I've written as well. I would love to know a little bit more, because I know you write your own music. Can you walk us through a little bit of what a day in the life or kind of like what your creative process looks like from start to finish? Creative process, I it's taken years to kind of figure out what works best for me and what doesn't work for me. Sometimes a lot of musicians or a lot of artists will have, you know, just like notebooks full of lyrics and all. I definitely have some lyrics um, pre-written and stuff that I'll pull from, but I typically don't write lyrics for a full song first. That is almost never what I do. Um, almost always my music starts off with kind of the chord progressions and I'll kind of noodle around a guitar, kind of just going through what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking about, things that I'm trying to process or um, an experience that I'm trying to express. And as I'm playing through, 
um, once I kind of find something that kind of clicks or that resonates with me and kind of what I'm feeling, um, I try to figure out, okay, what is, what is the core of that feeling? What is the, what is the sentiment of this song really trying to say? And so again, if it's a if it's in a minor key and it's more of a sad song, okay, what what kind of sadness is it, and where is that sadness coming from? Is it loneliness? Is it isolation? Those are also two different types of feelings as well. And kind of leading things into the hook or the chorus, which again is essentially like the crux of the message. So I'll typically have that chord progression. I'll start toying around with melodies almost kind of freestyling lyrics, just talking about what I'm thinking and what I'm going through. And as I'm doing that, I might grab a line and be like, oh, what I just sang was good. I'm gonna voice memo record that real quick so I don't forget it, and then try it again and kind of see how I can build on that. And so it's usually a really organic process like that. Um, almost like you saw on the show where I've got a notebook in front of me, I've got the music, I've got a melody idea, but then I'm trying to figure out lyrics that are going to fit that melody that can also get across what I'm trying to say. So for me, lyrics typically come last. Um, and I think at that point, I have a better idea of what the song is about. Because a lot of times, if all of this is going right and everything's in a good flow, the song almost feels like it writes itself and it kind of comes out naturally. I watch actually some, um, uh, what's it called, master... Masterclass. Yeah. And so I watched some composers and it's really cool how the music with no lyrics will tell a story and it'll really make you feel certain aspects and take the listener on a journey. So I kind of listening to you talk, that's kind of what it made me think of is that music kind of directing you. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because sometimes even I haven't, I have a preconceived notion of what I want the song to be about, but as I'm writing it, maybe I write a whole verse and then I'm not sure exactly what to do with the pre-chorus, so then I start writing for the, pre for the chorus and the hook. And once I finish the hook, I realize the verse doesn't work at all, lyrically. The song, once I got to the chorus, it feels like it's about something else, so then I have to go back and I have to rework the verse. And yeah, sometimes, again, the music kind of speaks for itself and is a guiding factor in the emotionality of the song. Kaylee, we should attempt to write a spicy margarita song. I'll play the ukulele. You can play the spoons. It'll be a hit. <laughs> you can say song and I picture jingle. Like, <laughs> we just have to drink a lot first. Commercial jingle. <laughs> We're going to be drinking a lot of elephant tequila before we do that. <laughs> That'll be our intro. So, Well, I could ask questions all day on music because I'm such a nerd when it comes to this. But one of your most recent endeavors is... You are on, just like me, on national TV, putting your heart out there, trying to find love. So you were a contestant on, I think the official title is The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart, which is the longest uh, title ever. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, that's why you just use the acronym. But tell us a little bit about your overall experience of, because this is the first time you've been on TV? Yes, um, at least as far as an actual TV show. I mean, I've done performances on like local news and that kind of stuff. Um, but that definitely first national TV debut. Um, so how was it? <laughs> it was overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, and I was not a part of Bachelor Nation previous. I'd never really seen the show. Didn't really know too much about it or the concept. I think the first time I saw Bachelor, uh, Bachelor in Paradise, I was traveling playing a show in Paris last August. And I was sitting in the hotel room, scrolling through channels, and Bachelor in Paradise was one of the only shows on in English. 
And so I ended up watching like six episodes. I was like, all right, this is fun. I like it. <laughs> um, but being on the show, totally different. It gave me a very different understanding of reality TV and like of the Bachelor franchise specifically. Because yes, it's reality TV. But what I think people don't really understand is when we're there, like when I was there, it's, it's my reality that I'm living. It's like, it's completely unscripted. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what other people are like, especially walking in. Um, nobody on Listen to Your Heart was from another season of The Bachelor. So nobody had anything to go off. Everybody was complete strangers. And I will say the very first night walking into the room full of 20 gorgeous people, it's very intimidating. Because uh, I'm thinking at the same time that I want to make friends with these people, there is the competition aspect to it. So that was a little bit in the back of everybody's mind as well. Um, and the very first night, all the guys realized that we're on the chopping block too. So it was just like pressure, adrenaline, anxiety. Um, so that was just first night though. Overall, it was definitely one of the, an experience where I was out of my comfort zone. It definitely put me, had me putting myself out there more than I typically do and more than I'm used to. Um, and I think that was really, really good. I think it's, I like kind of being challenged and being forced into uncomfortable situations where I can kind of have to figure it out. Um, and overall, I made a lot of really great friends. I think it was definitely a net positive experience. It was definitely challenging though, while we were um, on the show, just at least my experience with all the ups and downs and kind of a little, little emotional roller coaster that I was on. How did you even find out about the show? Like, did someone call you and say, hey, you should apply? I had a friend text me a picture of a Facebook ad that said, singer, songwriters, looking for love, question mark. And it was like a link to like, or there was an email on there. And he just texted me and said, hey, dude, you should, uh, you should apply for this. Kind of jokingly almost. And I had no idea, like it didn't say anything about The Bachelor or ABC, I just didn't know. But like a week later, I was like having a couple of whiskeys late at night. I was like, ah, screw it. You know what? Why not? I'll send an email, see what happens. And then I kind of started going through the application process, you know, with just kind of like interviews and telling them about my dating history and my life and kind of who I am. And as things progressed, found out it's The Bachelor and I found out at ABC. And then as I found out, I actually got cast. I was like, oh, this is no longer a joke. This, uh, this might be actually happening. And I was not ready for that. <laughs> So even up until the very first night, the whole experience too is just surreal. But that's, that's how I ended up getting on the show. It was kind of a fluke almost. It sounds very familiar. That was kind of like with me too. When I went through the whole process, I was like, this is fun. I just kept doing interview after interview. And then there was the day and I'm like, oh, I think I'm actually going to be on this show. It was crazy. So for those listening right now, if you haven't seen the show, mute this for a moment. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you didn't find love on the show. So what would you say was one or two of your biggest take homes? Because the experience had to have been worth it either way. The experience was definitely worth it either way. I definitely did a lot of uh, internal work and kind of growth and self-examination throughout the whole series and the process of filming. Um, I think there's several scenes of me just like kind of by myself journaling or writing music. And that was actually a really, really positive aspect of it. I've always had a journal, but I've never been consistent my entire life. I would have an entry and then maybe eight months later, oh yeah, I should, I should probably 
like recap what's going on. Because of just the nature of the show and the nature of how intense everything is emotionally, it really got me in the habit of getting my thoughts out of my head onto paper and helping me get to kind of the crux of what I am feeling or why I'm feeling that. Is that feeling valid or do I need to put myself in somebody else's shoes? And that was a really, really good exercise for me. It's, it, I'm, I still journal regularly because of it. It's gotten me in that habit. Um, and it's been a really, really good outlet to get out of my head because I can be somebody who's very heady, who's very, I overthink things, I overanalyze things. Um, but overall, I think for me, kind of standing up for myself and not being somebody's second choice and realizing that, yeah, I do deserve the best and I deserve what I want. Um, that was a big takeaway and a big growing moment for me. I feel like when I'm listening to you, you're telling my story. <laughs> The way you think. When you're like, people think that you're heavy, I'm like, hmm, I've heard that before. You are though. <laughs> I am I am a little heavy. I, I tend to think a lot because I feel and think so much deeper than I feel like most people. Hoping you know that I hope you're coming back, coming back. When we chatted just previously before setting up this interview, we talked a little bit about what you're passionate about. And it's actually interesting because you had mentioned that you've been in food service almost every aspect of it for a long time. And it's kind of like your own personal therapy or creative art form. I can't remember exactly how you said it. So for me, I had my first restaurant job when I was 16 as a host, did that for a couple of years. When I finally moved down to San Diego, I got my first busing job and transferred from various restaurants until I ended up at one that I basically worked throughout college and um, from busing to running to food prep to like working the line one night um, to serving and then coming up to Austin and being a, um, like a captain server opening up this new place. I actually was working on my sommelier certificate before I started doing music full time as well. Um, and working in all these different fine dining and kind of just restaurant settings there's a real sense of community and camaraderie in food service like that. And it spending so much time in these situations, getting to know food, getting to know wine, getting to know liquor, um, it very much became a hugely integral part of my life. And funny enough, I didn't really get big into cooking until I was out of the service industry. And I realized that, you know, I no longer had this thing in my life that had been such a huge part of my life for so long, unless I would go out to eat and everything. Um, but I realized just from seeing all these different incredible dishes over the years and being surrounded by incredible chefs and learning all these different cooking techniques, I had actually picked up a lot more than I realized. And so a few years ago, I started just kind of experimenting and getting into cooking a little bit more. And it quickly became one of my favorite things that I do. It's for me, if I've got a night off with no plans, I love to just have a couple glasses of wine and make a big, exorbitant, over-the-top, complicated, fun meal that has, I do plating and everything, um, and I do all that for myself, and it's very much a, it's almost meditative in that I have to be very present, where everything is very time-sensitive, um, but I, and I'm not checking my phone, I'm not... Um, wondering what other people are up to. I'm very just focused and in the moment. And not just that, but I don't go off recipes. I 
kind of just create from memory or create from inspiration of what I have or what's the grocery store. Um, and so it's also a way that I can be creative that doesn't have as much delayed gratification that music does, where, for instance, the last song that I released, that chord progression in the song, I held on to for about two and a half years, not knowing what to do with until finally inspiration hit and then wrote the song and then recorded the song and then released the song. But that's still months and months um, in that process. Cooking, I get to start to finish, enjoy it in a single evening and see the fruits of my labor and really get to appreciate that. Kaylee, what are you doing this weekend? Should we go to a dinner party at Sheridan's? <laughs> road trip. I'm down. Road trip. We'll be there in like three days. <laughs> Quarantine road trip. Yeah, I was going to take us that one to get there. Don't put it in the so oven tell, just yet. So tell us when we get there, what, what would you make for us? What's some of your favorite dishes to make? Ooh, okay. Um, one thing I actually just did the first time recently was I did Asian fusion tacos. So I did a like a wagyu flank steak um cooked like mid-rare with a little bit of ginger a little garlic a little soy um cassava um tortillas which cassava is a, a root so they're thinner than flour um i laid down some dried seaweed first have that steak i uh then also caramelized some red onion with a little bit of um balsamic, a little bit of rice vinegar, and then peach as well. I blackened some mushrooms and blackened some um, jalapeno as well. And then topped the whole thing off with a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of green onion, and then a little bit of sriracha. You had me until you said mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm over here like, I'll take that. Just bring it right over here. So, <laughs> the mushrooms off yours. <laughs> so you legit can cook. I'm when you were naming all that off, I don't even know half the shit he just said. I was like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Was, that's great. I can make like regular tacos, but I'm well, good at the grill. I can grill food, but I don't do all the ingredients. I do mean guacamole too. Um, but I'll also put typically like mango and pomegranate in it as yeah. well. Oh my gosh, it's so freaking good. But um if you want like a super easy, really good just like summer salad kind of thing, um Heirloom tomato, mint, blueberry, um, and then a little bit of olive oil, balsamic, and then a cucumber. Steel. That sounds incredible. Super, super easy. It'll take you 10 minutes to make. It'll be like $5, and it's delicious and really, really light. And it's vegan. I can see it now. <laughs> like a spin-off show, Cooking and Music with Sheridan. It'd be so perfect. Okay, so you can cook and play music. How are you? Are you still single? I guess I should ask first. I, I, I am single. So how uh, are you single? Ladies, like you need to be blowing up his DMs <laughs> as you hear this. Well, again, I mean, the last thing I had, um, I was, yeah, I mean, there was Listen to Your Heart and then there was Quarantine. And Quarantine is not a situation to be Try, it's not very viable for dating. That's the worst time to be dating. It even says it, like the brief amount of time I was on the dating apps, like it literally like warns you that how unsafe it is to meet your date. So just video chat. I'm like, I don't want to video chat. Like I want to meet people and feel their energy. Yeah, and at the same time though, with all that going on, it very much feels like kind of just a time to just work on myself and be really, really ambitious with what I'm trying to get done and getting really good healthy habits and productive and kind of get myself to that point where I'm just, again, really happy with everything that I'm doing and then bring somebody else into my life. That was the reason I wasn't in a relationship up until 
I don't know, a year ago, since for the last like last four years or something, I didn't feel like I was a place in a place in my life where I had my shit together enough or I was happy enough in certain areas. And I didn't want to bring somebody into my life and then put that shit on them. Again, I'm very much, I want to have my my priorities, my happiness, my well-being kind of be my priority and then have somebody else not responsible for my happiness, but add to it. So this is our favorite part of the show, Kaylee. I think it's time that we do a little spicy segment with Sheridan. What do you think? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> What's your brunch style? Tell me what your favorite go-to food items are for brunch. Eggs Benedict, Chipotle Hollandaise, cold brew, OJ, water, and a mimosa. The beverages. You're on it. <laughs> Mine's bacon and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am on the Benedict train too because that's not something I'm going to make at home. Right. That's something I'm going to order at brunch. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I feel like brunch, you're not doing brunch right if you don't have at least three beverages in front of you. Your most and least productive thing you did during quarantine. Most productive, got into a regular running schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, down at the Greenbelt. Awesome. Least productive. Do not say Tiger King. Please do not say Tiger King. <laughs> no, least productive is probably, um, I think it's too, too hot to handle. Mm. Guilty. If you could open for any musician or a collaboration, who would it be? Um, it's either, I would say either her or Anderson Pack. I don't know who either of them are. I'm gonna have to Google that as soon as we're done. <laughs> In dating, is it a deal breaker if the girl can't sing or play music? Julia was actually like really the first musician I've dated. Does it change your mind now though that you see what it's like to date another musician? Do you think you'd look for that? Um, I mean, considering how well the first time went, um, <laughs> there's definitely enticing aspects to the dating musician. If you weren't a musician, what would your profession be? I don't know. I, I used to think I would be in politics in some regard. Um, the state of the world today, I have no desire to be in politics <laughs> at all. Um, but I would probably work at a plant shop or a bookstore. Somewhere. I was expecting you to say like a chef, like you would go. Have you, have you ever seen how hard the guys work on a line at a restaurant? It's insane. I did get one question from a friend of yours. They want to know what you look for in a houseplant. What I look for in a houseplant? Hmm. Um, probably, you know, similar things that I look for in a relationship. It's uh, sustainable. It's uh, hardy. Uh, you know, like you don't have to nurture it too much. It does a lot. It does very well on its own. Um. <laughs> As a man of many talents, what's one thing you can't do? Uh, you're gonna laugh, but I've never been able to float in the water. Like, just float on your back. I just, I, I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Tried so many times. All right, ladies. That's if a good that's, answer. If that's a deal breaker, the man can't float, <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> if you were to go on TV again, would you rather it be a cooking show, a dating show, or a music talent challenge show? A cooking show. Yeah, I think you'd probably dominate at that one after what we've learned about you. Well, and I've already been on a music and dating kind of show. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, naturally, Fair. progression of things. Just knock it out. 
Well, now what would be interesting, and I've said this before, is if they did a new Bachelor spinoff similar to Listen to Your Heart, but it's all chefs. <laughs> and they all eat and then do cooking challenges. I'm telling you, cooking with your heart instead of listen to your heart. I think we've exactly. got something here. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> I would copyright that. The world just heard your idea. <laughs> I would show up to be a judge just because I want to eat all that. I like food. Mm -hmm. Food is good. <laughs> what is next for you? Do you have any, I know you just released Feeling You, which um, for those of you listening, we are actually going to play that song for you in full after the interview here. But do you have any other songs coming out? Are you, do you have a cooking book coming out? I mean, what else is in the works? <laughs> The cooking book slash plant care book is, uh, you know, that's in the works. That'll be some date in the distant, distant future. Um, but in the meantime, we are, I am working on a lot of uh, new releases um, right now, obviously with no way to play any shows. I'm just writing and demoing out a lot of songs. I probably will have my next single coming out in late August, early September, actually, I'm thinking. So relatively soon. I'll probably announce it sometime in August and then, uh, yeah, you guys will be able to find it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, all that stuff. Okay, and if any of these girls, though, want to slide into your DMs, where do they find you? <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're officially going to become the Margarita Dating Show because we keep trying to hook up all our guests. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is share, at Sheridan Reed, S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N-R-E-E-D. Same thing for... My website, Twitter is shared in music, Facebook shared and read music. Usually it's some variation of those. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sheridan Reed as much as we did. And as promised, hopefully this isn't the first time you're hearing it. But if it is, make sure after this you go to Spotify or Apple Music and you can download his latest single called Feeling You here by Sheridan Reed. I'm catching some vibes. Say that you've been having just a really good time. I said, Ray, why are you telling me lies like I don't know? You couldn't give a fuck. Stumbling around, having a little too much. You said, Ray, why are you sizing me up? Cause I know. Kissing somebody else when I'm not around. I'm missing your body when he's laying you down. I should be, I should be, I should be gone. And I should move, I should move, I should move on. But I can't stop. You've been drinking, trying to have a good time Tell me you think we're doing fine when we both know You're kissing somebody else when I'm not around I'm missing your body when he's laying you down I should be, I should be, I should be
What did you think about the screaming part of that video? Well, you had warned me before I listened to it and said that he had a funny story. So I did listen to it already expecting to hear the scream, but I was like, what? What is this? Yes. It's so different though. It's so different. The first time I heard it, I was like, okay, exactly like you said, I'm like, what is this? But it, strangely, it works. It works in a really weird way. So I'm like, okay, I love it. I don't know what it is, but then I'm also like, oh, it's kind of distracting, but I kind of like it. It's how it's that whole thing. <laughs> and so I love that the other day it popped up on my Instagram feed. He posted that everybody's been asking him about the scream. And I'm so glad I'm not the only one that was kind of like question mark about it. And so he did like a little poll. Do you think the scream, <laughs> is it a screaming goat? Is it like, a, I don't know. You have to go to his Instagram feed. He like named off different things, but ironically, it's literally, a, I think it's a screaming goat. I didn't stick around to find his answer, but my daughter said it. She's like, no, that's a goat. Like right when she heard it. That's crazy. I think it sounds like a haunted house scream. <laughs> like if I was gonna go walk through a house on Halloween, that's what I'm gonna hear when I get into the dark room. That's yeah. what I feel like. But again, you can check them out on Spotify and iTunes. But outside of that, Kaylee, why don't you go ahead and let our audience know how they can connect with us and um, how they can find us personally. We are on all social media handles. We love social media. Find us at Spicy Margaritas Podcast. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, also visit us on our website. You can find all of our past first season, all of our past episodes on there, as well as our new ones from season two. Um, that is spicymargaritaspodcast.com. And then of course you can reach out to us individually if you want to. Um, find Brittany on Instagram, B-R-I-T-T-N-A-Y-T-H-E-R-E-S-E. -E -E, and I'm at M-I-S-S-C-A-L-I-M-A-R-I-E. Either one of us would love to hear from you feedback on the show questions whatever whatever you want to dm us we're open yeah i mean we're always pushing everybody else's dms but our dms are open for business too guys i mean <laughs> okay that sounded bad but maybe that did sound bad <laughs> all right that's all we got for you this week but make sure to tune in next week because you never know what we're gonna have in store for you on season two of spicy margaritas so until then guys as always stay spicy stay spicy <laughs> that was terrible do you think we'll ever get it like maybe by season four or five we'll be able to time that or it's just way easier when we're together <laughs> like when we're in the same room <laughs> like when we interviewed mike like half of his ear was out of focus <laughs> well i thought it was hey. fine until i went to edit and then i'm like never again it was so bad Whoa. yeah <laughs> it's so cheesy looking <laughs> What about this? Is I this took better? that one out earlier too. I'm like, where's the bar background? <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. You're like just tuning in from the beach today. I'm tuning in from my loft office. Really. <laughs> the penthouse. That's where I live. <laughs> <laughs>